the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26 to 33. Last week, I started teaching on overcoming giants. Somebody say, overcoming giants. Say, overcoming giants. Say, I am born to overcome. Say, I am born to overcome. You see, there is no room for defeat in your life as a Christian. Did you hear what I said? You are ordained to be an overcomer. The Bible says that whatsoever is born of God overcomes. That means that every child of God is born to overcome. Somebody say, I'm born to overcome. Uh-huh. So for the believer, challenges must not be strange to you. Tough times must not be strange to you. We are not people who draw back. I like what the book of Hebrews says. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, all the way to 39. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence. The King James says, which has a great recompense of reward. Then he says, you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you obtain the promise. For yet a little while, and he that will come will come and will not tarry. Then he says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, somebody say, if any man draw back. Uh-huh. You have to understand that no matter how tough or how challenging things will become, we are not of them that draw back. Somebody say, I don't belong to those who draw back. He said, we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but them which believe unto the saving of the soul. Give me Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37 downwards. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Somebody say, I'm confident. I'm confident. Yeah, from 35. Cast not away, King James. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Which has, somebody say it has, has. great recompense of, great recompense of reward. Then it says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. Patience is the ability to endure. Patience is the ability to go through tough times and be standing. He says, after you have endured, you need patience to endure the wrong moment. Because our people endure negative times or adversity, but they don't endure with the right attitude. That's why he says you need patience. When you have patience, you are able to endure a negative season with a positive attitude. That's the difference. The people who survive negative seasons are not special people. They are just people who have the capacity to go through. They have the patience to endure because they are sure that at the end of the tunnel, they are still victorious. Somebody shout, I'm a victorious person. 
Bible says, thanks be unto God, which causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus in every place. In Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. Somebody say, in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. In Christ, I'm victorious. In Christ, I'm a winner. I told you last week, when you check the last book of the Bible, Revelation, he described you as an overcomer. Uh So, it's not how the race started, it's how it ends. Bible says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. The year may be rough right now, but you are ending victorious. You are ending on the note of victory. You are ending with laughter in your mouth. Shout, I believe it. Alright, so we are looking at overcoming giants. Life is full of giants. You'll be met with giants. Giants come in different forms and in different shapes. Giants come in different forms and in different shapes. Sometimes you want to marry and you are looking forward to a happy home. But you only marry to find yourself that you are in a giant home. And you have to overcome. You have to deal with it. Sometimes you enter into business, you are full of prospects, and you are looking forward to making a lot of money. Very soon, I'll be my own boss. Very soon, I'll be on my own. Very soon, I'll be making a lot of money by myself. You only started to know that, Chale, the thing will be easy like that. Giant will come facing you. You pick up the goose and it's like nobody is buying. You are wondering, Satan is talking to you, your feelings are talking to you. That is a giant situation. But nay, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror. Shout, I'm more than a conqueror. Alright, so let's look at the book of Numbers of the 13, verse 26 to 33. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel, in the wilderness of Paran, at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, we went to the land. Where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, Uh Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. When you meet a land that is flowing with milk and honey, most likely there will be some people on it. There is no free lunch anywhere. I remember I spoke to a friend of mine. Many years ago, and he was chasing a sister in Tech Campus. And <laughs> at some point, at some point, he met and he was telling me about his experience and how the lady was. And I, I remember I told him, Listen, nothing could come easily, but there was there's a certain tree adage I gave him. Yeah. Anything that has value, that's why you don't meet gold on the surface. If you are walking and you see gold on the ground, it's most likely it's not proper gold. Diamond. Oil. You know where they find oil? (laughs) It's not. There is nothing good that is obtained on the silver platter. And when you become born again, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be so rosy for you. A lot of people are in despair and they are in disarray because they think that when you sit in, then you arrive. (laughs) Utremanuodu. Literally. But it doesn't work like that. And you have to understand how these things work so that you can bring what is in you out when you come face to face with a challenge. A lot of Christians easily throw in the towel when they are faced with the challenges of life. But that's not what Christianity is supposed to make you. Christianity is supposed to make you tough, resilient, powerful. 
It's supposed to help you to be able to go through all weather and survive. That's what Christianity is supposed to be. Proper Christianity. That's what it does to you. Alright, so the Bible said they went to see the land. They said the land is a good land. Somebody says it's a good land. Yeah, it's a good land. Sometimes you think that your wife is bad. Your wife is a good woman. There's a giant in the marriage and you need to deal with it. Sometimes you think your husband is a very bad devil. <laughs> and he's not at all. There's a giant that must be dealt with. And when we begin to get into the giant, you see some of them. Some of them are internal giants. And you have to deal with them. Some of them are attitudinal giants. You have to deal with them. Yeah. Some people have giant laziness, so they can't move forward in life. It's a giant. Giant laziness. You think I'm going to say giant devil? No, 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 no. The devil is not the place. Am I complicating here? All right, so the Bible says, nevertheless, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. Look at detailed description of challenges. And there are people who are like this. They can describe a challenge to you. I remember those days when I was in school. There was this person who wanted to pray for. She used to have some demonic attack. And then some myself and three other of my mates were in second year or so. Said we took her to uh, Padu and said, we're going to pray for him. But when we got there and he started narrating the matter, <laughs> he started the kind of attack that comes when he finished. <laughs> we realized that that is not where our faith can reach. <laughs> we have taken him to help him. But <laughs> the kind of, he was telling us about before he came to the university, some people wanted to help him. And what happened to those people? I said, hey. <laughs> We have not reached that level. <laughs> yeah. They, you see, some people can describe their matter. Satan himself gets shocked. <laughs> Satan, Satan will be shocked. He looks at them. He says, really? <laughs> Is that what I'm really doing to them? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and we'll be touching on that a bit tonight. Praise the Lord. It's okay to speak about your challenges, but sometimes when we, we, we magnify Satan too much, you quench your own faith. Praise the Lord. Then he says, The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites, by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted them. You see, it was too much. Caleb said, Shut up. Enough of this rubbish. That's why you look at Jesus and sometimes when somebody comes and uh, he's talking too much, he will just move on and say, be healed. Because sometimes in talking too much, you'll be killing faith. I think we are not the only people who couldn't do it. You know, the disciples of Jesus, when the man brought his child, they also couldn't do it. I believe their faith was extinguished by the description. Said this, my son. When the attack comes, he falls into fire. Then he jumps. Falls into water. Then he jumps. <laughs> Peter says, hey, <laughs> this is not the kind we are familiar with. Now, he says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Somebody say, let's go up at once. Up at once. Say, we are well able, we are well able. to overcome it. 
Yeah, you are well able. You are well able. That understand that that's the attitude I want us to come through this season with. No matter what you are dealing with, no matter how tough the market is, you are well able to overcome it. I say you are well able to overcome it. No matter how strong the temptation is, you are more than able to overcome it. In the mighty name of Jesus. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of a land which they had spied out saying, the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. Somebody say the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Nobody will esteem you better than you esteem yourself. So last week we started exploring what giants are and we touched on a number of them. But today we want to look at attitudes that it's important that we have towards giant-like situations in life. Knowing that we'll be faced with giants in life, we want to look at what attitudes must we have. The first step, I believe, to overcoming giants in life is to have a positive posture towards them. Somebody say a positive posture towards them. Yeah, you have to have a positive posture towards giant. When you are dealing with any giant, whether it's a, a temptation, it's a, a challenge, financial challenge, whether it's a marital challenge, whether it's academic challenge, you have to have a positive attitude towards them. Uh, some of us, our giant is mathematics. That's a giant for you. Till tomorrow, even though you are not going to write any exams again, when you hear math, <laughs> you call for intercession. He overcome it. Amen. I said that many people are overpowered by giants, not because of the size of the strength of the giants, but because of their negative posture towards giants. Giants may be strong, giants may be powerful, but if you have the right attitude, you will bring them down. And I believe that you can look at David and see it. There's no way you can compare David's size to Goliath's size. Size. One, size was not on the side of David. By the time Goliath looked at him and said, you are a dog. You think I'm a dog. He considered David as a dog. Dogs fight with dogs. And by the time he described a human being as dog, that's a very serious thing. You don't measure my size at all. Then his father also reminded him of the, uh, Goliath's experience in battle. He says, when it comes to war, this guy has been fighting from his youth. So experience, size-wise, you don't match experience-wise, you don't match. When it comes to armory, you don't match. So where, where at all will you go fit? You cannot, you don't have a place. And sometimes you go for interviews and it looks like that. People come and the way they have dressed and they've come for the interview and look at this, your suit, and your pass anyway. Also, they're about to be an interview. Yeah. And it looks like you, there's no way for you. But God is able to make a way in the wilderness. And rivers in the midst of the desert. You need the right attitude. There are eight negative attitudes people display when confronted by giant-like situations. Eight negative attitudes. Number one is fleeing. They run away. The moment a challenge comes, the first thing they do is they find a place and they run away. Look at First Samuel chapter 17 verse 23 to 24. 
Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, the giant, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David had them. And all the men, somebody say all the men. All the men. All the men, when they saw the man, look at this. <laughs> all the men, when they saw the man, Look at this. How can one man arrest the whole man? All the men, when they saw the man, hey, the man was a man. <laughs> the Bible said, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. When they saw him, they fled. What is it that is making you run away? You are running away when nobody is chasing you. The last time I checked, the Bible said the righteous is as bold as a lion. You are, you are bold. You confront situations. That's what they did. You remember the man by the name of Elimelech. How many of you know Elimelech? Elimelech was the husband of Naomi. The Bible says there was hunger in the land. Look at Ruth. Ruth 1 verse 1. And it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was famine in the land. Tough time. Everywhere was hard. The Bible says, a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. They ran away. There was hunger in the land. They say, hey, let us run. And they ran. Verse 3. Elimelech's husbands, Naomi's husband died and she was left. And her two sons, and they, they took them, the wives of Moabite. The name of one was Opa and the name of the other was Ruth. They dwelt there about 10 years. And Marlon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Look at verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. She left out of hunger, but in the same place, God's visitation is coming. It may be a negative place right now, but God is going to visit us. I see God visit you in the worst time. In the mighty name of Jesus. One of the things I like about this so much, and most of the time we don't normally see it until we have lost so much. When we have stuff, usually we don't see their value until we lose it. Look at what the woman said. Ruth chapter 1 verse 19 to 21. Then they went until they came to Bethlehem and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about and they said, is this Naomi? She had so changed. They were surprised at who she looked frail probably and they were surprised at her. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi. Call me Mara for the almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Now look at this. She said, I went out full. Can you imagine? I went out full. I went out full. I went out full. Listen, there may be hunger in the land, but you are full. I went out full. There were other things she had she could not see. I went out full. By the time she came back, having lost her husband, having lost her children, she realized that no, the journey was not worth it after all. She said, I went out full. Now I've gotten food to eat. I've gotten whatever I want. I went out full. There are people who were doing very fine until they decided to travel somewhere. The marriage was okay until they decided, no, let's travel and see something. And they go there. 
and some wrong negative alliances. By the time you realize they lose everything, you will not lose that which is valuable. We see the same thing happen to the man Elijah. 1 Kings 19, verse 1 to 3. I'm showing you how people respond or react when they are faced with the giant. This is Elijah, the man who called fire, the man who could bring down all the prophets of Baal. He fought them and killed all of them. But one woman threatened him. I have told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Look at verse 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then Jezebel sent a message. Oh, so it was a messenger. I actually thought she called for her. <laughs> it was a messenger. She sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more so, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, if these gods had power to be able to deal with Elijah, they were the people, as for uh, uh, Jezebel, she was a queen. Now, the priest and the people who were serving the gods, all of them have been slain. You know, you may be the king, but you are not powerful than the traditional priests in our local setup. Eh? Is that not what they do? Yes. The chief, they will come, 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 come and shake themselves and they will be doing magic. So the king actually bows. He says, I will make your life like one of the 400 people you have killed. And that is what fear can do to a man. The Bible says, when he saw that, look at verse 3, he arose and ran for his, ran for his, ran for his, ran for his life. He ran. He began to flee. Elijah, deal with the woman. You don't have to run. You see, when, there are times where God himself can instruct us to move. I'm not saying that all movements are bad. But if you have to move in a challenging time, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Or you can lead yourself into some mess. You remember, when there was famine, Isaac knew that historically when there is famine, you move. And so he wanted to follow the, the lane of his father. His father moved in the time of famine. There was famine, Genesis 26, verse 1 to 3. He said, let me also move. And by the time he moved, you know, people move. People who are very hot on fire for the Lord, serving the Lord, they move to certain places and they lose their fire. They have money, but the fire is gone. They have all the things they want to have, but the spiritual fire and fervency is gone. You don't want that kind of life. I'm not communicating here. The Bible says, what shall I profit the money which I gain the whole world and lose his soul? Naomi lost the valuables. Then she realized how empty life really is. Number two is fear. Somebody say fear. Yeah. So the first reason, the first way people, negative attitude people have towards giant-like situations or challenges is they run away. They flee. The marriage is not working. He is not going to think about how to deal with it. He thinks the best solution is divorce. And that may not be the solution. Because right now you may be dealing with a lion. But when you divorce and you go again, you may get a tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you better be careful. Tell your neighbor to be careful. <laughs> now, the Bible says, verse 24, 1 Samuel 17, 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Somebody say, dreadfully afraid. They were afraid. They responded to his 
threat with fear. The same thing happened in the book of Numbers 14, verse 6 to 1. Numbers 6, 14, verse 6 to 9. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were of them that set the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel, only rebel ye. Do you see that? Only rebel ye. Neither fear ye the people of the land. Why were the people talking? Why would they say that we're like grasshoppers out of fear? You know, fear makes you exaggerate your problems. You, you speak about the problem until the problem overcomes you. He says, for they are bread for us. Look at another man's language. Somebody said we were like grasshoppers. Another person describes them as bread. The one who described them as bread won at the end of the day. Those who saw themselves as grasshoppers were consumed. You shall not be consumed. Amen. He said, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear not. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible said, when you go out, this was God instructing his own children. He said, when you go out to battle, when you are dealing with giants, and you see it, thou multitudes of people, you see against your enemies, you see chariots, you see horses, you see people more numerous than thee. Do not be, do not be, do not be, do not be afraid of them. Do not. When you see, there are things that sometimes when we see, they put fear into us. The Bible says that when you see those things, don't be afraid. And the reason why you should not be afraid is because God is with you. Somebody say, God is with me. God is say, God is with me. God. That's what David was very conscious of. Psalm 27, verse 1 to 3. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, when my enemies and my foes, they came up to eat my flesh, they stumbled and... They stumbled and they stumbled and fell. He said, though our host encamp against me, in this will I be confident. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12 to 13. He said, say ye not a confederacy to all whom these people shall say a confederacy to. Neither fear ye their fear. Don't fear what others fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't fear what others fear. He said, don't fear what they fear. What is your greatest fear? What is it that you are afraid most? Casting all your cares, including your fears upon him. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Somebody say, I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of boldness. I walk with boldness. I am bold like a lion. I fear not. The third way people respond to giant situations is to cry. Somebody say cry. Cry. Crying is, is not bad. But too much crying makes you like a baby. In Numbers 14, verse 1 to 3, these are responses to giants. So all the children of Israel lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. They wept. They wept. They wept. When you are dealing with the giant situation, it can make you weep. Yeah, it can, it can really make you weep. It can make you weep. But you weep no more. 
the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I see God bring you into a season of joy. I see laughter coming to you. The Bible said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He said, to comfort all who mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Receive the garment of praise tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible said, they wept. Wept all through the night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Look, you see, what you do after your weeping is very, very important. Because you are going to be seeing here. There were people who wept and their weeping didn't bring any benefit. Others wept and it brought a turn around for them. What was the difference? That's what we need to learn. Look at First Samuel 30. David also came face to face with a giant situation. Very, very strong. It happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekite had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Look at verse 2. What happened? And had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone. Good news. But carried them away and went their way. Look at verse 3. What happened? So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. Can you imagine? Your whole life is bent down. Everything you have labored for is gone. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Verse 4. Look at this. The Bible says, verse 4. That David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. But men, when you see men, not just ordinary men, because you know, you have to understand that not every man can be a soldier. Yeah, not every man can be a soldier. You may be within the age bracket, but you may not have the physical fitness to be a soldier. So, when usually, that's why the soldiers are called men mama. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, because you have to be strong. The fittest of the fittest is usually chosen to become a soldier. So, when you see the fittest of men weeping, and they have no more strength to weep. I mean, if you don't have strength to uh, run, it's different. But if you don't have strength to weep, it means literally you, you can't hear... <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't simply express themselves with tears. It was a very bad situation. They have no more strength to weep. No more strength to weep. Have you wept until you have no more strength to weep? <laughs> Look at what the Bible says. And the people, then David and the people wept. Look at verse 5. David and the people, verse 5. And David's two wives, had been taken, verse 6. And the men, verse 6. So David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You know, there's something you can do after weeping. You have to learn to strengthen yourself. And I'll be teaching on overcoming giant through self-encouragement. You have to know how to encourage yourself. Discouragement is normal, but the encouragement is not common. Praise the Lord. Many people come face to face with discouragement. If you have never been discouraged before, wait. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. 
Wait. They wept. They wept until there was no more strength. But David, beyond weeping, one day, one woman who was trusting God for a fruit of a womb also wept, 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 wept. But beyond the weeping, the Bible says she fasted, she prayed, and made a vow. And that was how her captivity was turned around. Praise the Lord. Weeping alone is not enough. There are things you can add to weeping that makes it very powerful. Number four, complaining. Complaining. That is the fourth way people respond to giant situations. They complain as if they are the only people who are going through that experience. Look at the children of Israel. They, these were professional complainers. Numbers chapter 14, verse 3. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, they began to complain. These guys started complaining not long after they left Egypt. Do you know? Not long after they left Egypt, the moment they left Egypt, they started complaining. When you lack perspective, you can easily complain about life. Exodus 15, verse 22 to 24. The Bible says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Now look at this. So they've just come through the Red Sea. They've not gone far at all. Then they went, yeah, then they went into the wilderness of shore, and they were there three days. Oh, why? We are 22. They were there three days and found no water. They found what? No water. They found no water. And then, when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara, and the people murmured against, saying, what shall we drink? As if Moses had some different water, some pure water to drink. <laughs> yeah, when you are complaining, usually you have to be selfish in a way to complain. He said, Moses, as for you, we don't know whether you drink water or, but we need water to drink. And they began to complain against Moses. Look at uh, Exodus 16, verse 1 to 3. Complaining is a very, very negative thing, and you need to learn it. The Bible was talking about the reasons why the children of Israel were destroyed, and one of them was complaining. In the New Testament, we are told we are to live a life of thanksgiving, not a life of complaining. They took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sena, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. So the first three days, they complained. 15th day. How many days apart? And the whole congregation of the children murmured against Moses and Aaron in the And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the, land, of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pot, see the lies they are going to tell. Because usually when people complain, they lose sight of what is reality. They said, when we sat by what? Flesh pot. When we did eat bread to the full, really? <laughs> no, 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 no. Then he says, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, they've forgotten that they were being killed slowly in Egypt with heavy labor. Heavy labor. They were made to serve with rigor. 
do hard work with an empty stomach. Here, you are not doing hard work. You are just hungry for a short time. And they were complaining. Praise the Lord. Numbers 11, the Bible says, when the people complain, it displeases the Lord. Please take note. It displeases the Lord. When we complain, it displeases God. Because there's so much God has done that we should be thanking him for. Rather than spend time complaining. When the people complain, they did not complain to God. They complained to Moses, but it displeased God. It displeased God because it made God feel like uh, that these guys don't appreciate what I've done. You were in captivity. You were in servitude for 400 years, and you cried to me for liberty. I sent a man to come deliver you. I'm taking you to a promised land. I've actually showed you a picture of the future I'm going to give you, and you are complaining just because in between your past and your future, there is a challenge. Most people always behave like that. When God gives you a brighter picture of the future, that should keep you thankful. Because not many people have that future to look forward to. Their past was no more. They were no longer in Egypt. They were free people. They were not where they, were, they wanted to be, but they were also not where they used to be. And that was enough for them to be thankful, but they've forgotten it. Praise the Lord. In the book of Numbers, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 10 to 11, he said, Neither ye murmur, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. That's one of the things that allows Satan to come attack. God did not destroy them. If you look at it, if you look at uh, the Numbers account, it looks as if God himself destroyed them. But what happened was they are complaining, inviting Satan. Neither ye member as some also member and were destroyed of the destroyer. Who is the destroyer? The thief comes not except to, ski, to kill and to destroy. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Satan was the destroyer. He's always looking for a way. He will not have access into your life. Sunday I was telling you that neither give place to the devil. There are certain attitudes and behaviors they allow Satan's space around you. When you are thankful, your environment is saturated with God. And that kind of environment is not an environment Satan can misbehave in. Praise God. He said, for thou art holy, thou who inhabit the praise of your people. Atmosphere of singing, atmosphere of praise, atmosphere of gratitude, atmosphere of joy. is an atmosphere Satan cannot thrive in. Praise the Lord. Of course, when people complain, the words that usually come from their mouth are not good. And that is the fifth negative response to Giant-like situations, that is negative speaking. Somebody say negative speaking. Negative speaking. I regret the day I married you. My greatest wahala in life is that I chose a man like you to marry. I don't know what I did against Satan that he brought you to my life. <laughs> People can say things. Oh. Sure. <laughs> Isaiah 8, verse 12 to 13, he says, Say ye not a confederacy to all whom these people shall say a confederacy to. Mind, when people are talking, be careful. When unbelievers are talking, things may be tough, but in our kingdom, we speak differently. Am I communicating here? You have to speak differently. The Bible says, Say ye not a confederacy to what the people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear. When you speak, you talk like them, you suffer like them. Am I communicating here? Yeah. When you, you cannot talk like them and not suffer what they suffer. But when you speak the word of God, your reality will be different. Yeah. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Oh, Pastor, must I not be real? Let me tell you, there is nothing as real as the word of God. 
That's why when you speak the word of God, what is happening is not superior to what is written. What is happening met what is written a long time ago. In fact, what is happening has been written about a long time ago. I'm not communicating here. And so if you can stand on your ground and enforce that which is written, it will become your reality in no time. Somebody say an amen. amen. Anybody who confronted a giant and won spoke differently. All through anybody who confronted a giant and won spoke differently. They spoke differently. Look at David. David met with Saul. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him. Look at this small boy. A whole nation is running away from a giant. And you come and you say, let no man's heart fail him. You are too afraid. Calm down. Because when you are too afraid, even your senses are frozen. You can't even think of a better way to deal with that problem. Fear. He says, let no man's heart fail him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He didn't say, I will join the army. He said, I will go. He said, I will go. Confident speaking, I will go. Look at verse 33. Saul said to him, negative speaking, thou art not able to go. Thou art not able. Thou art not able. This is a wrong time to start uh, prepare to marry. This is a wrong time to start uh, business. This is a wrong time to write application. Thou art not able to go. It's a wrong time to apply to embassies. All of them are not working now. As if he has gone to all the embassies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's a wrong time to go. It's a wrong time to go. It's a wrong time to go. I heard Ecobank is not uh, employing. Are you the MD? <laughs> all government agencies are not employing because of IMF. IMF has not even been rectified yet. I'm not complicating here. Yeah, people have all kinds of things. He said, thou are not able to go against this, for thou art but a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. When people speak negative around you, don't let it go without reply. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it go without reply. If you have to do it, a person is an elderly, do it politely. Praise the Lord. But by all means, reply. Do it politely. But by all means, reply. By all means, reply. Look at what the Bible said. David said unto him, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb. This one, David made saw himself hear him. Yeah, because by the time David finished his description, Saul's view changed. He says, Thy servant went after. I went after him, smote him, delivered him out of the mouth. And who? Then he said, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he had defied the armies of Israel. David said, Moreover, the Lord. That delivered me out of the paw of a lion and out of the paw of a bear. He will deliver me out of this Philistine. See immediately how Saul changed his mind. Saul said what? He changed his mind. He changed his mind. Because most of the time when people are busy discouraging you, they've not even been to the journey you are on before. There are people who may have never traveled on a particular path before. But they can describe it for you to be afraid as if that is the place they live. <laughs> I'm going on trek to Tamale. Hey, Tamale. Tamale, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you By the time you realize, <laughs> all your courage of doing business on that road is gone. 
But the moment you come to them, letting them know, listen, no matter who is on the road, God is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? You quote, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Every weapon that is, every tongue that rises against me is condemned already. He shall give his angels charge over me. But the time you quote left, right, center, they will change their mind. But most of the time, we ourselves, we don't know much. Sir, hey, mm. sir, hey, minimal. <laughs> they are giving them power. They will not win over you. Elijah, <laughs> he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under the juniper tree. Look at Elijah. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. You see, when you are facing a giant, be careful what you are saying. Take my life. Meanwhile, this man was not ready to die. The reason why you ran away from Jezebel is because you are afraid to die. Now you met God, and God can deliver and say, take my life. Some people can brag for nothing. Negative speaking. A woman threatened, sent a messenger to you. You translated it as wanting to kill you. You ran away. Then you are now bragging on God. You know, people can say a lot of things against God and, and get away with it. You remember the disciples. They look at Jesus. They say, ah, don't you care. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Let's cross to the other side. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it happened to fill with water. High waves, water was coming. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care we are going to drown? Were they drowning? Water was coming in, but it did not interpret into drowning. They were not drowning. Water had entered. Water entered, you can also throw it out. But they say we are drowning. We are drowning. The children of Israel, again and again, spoke negatively. Turn to your neighbor and say, negative speaking can be very costly. Yeah. Negative, it can be very, very costly. Do you know that all the things they experienced in the wilderness was not an act of God? It was an act of their confession. Now, let me show you something. Now, let's look at this. Exodus 16, 2 and 3. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel remembered against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Now, when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. This was not God, but they spoke it. God kept it. Now, Numbers chapter 13, <laughs> verse 26. Now they departed and came to Moses and they complained and did all of those things that they said. Look at verse 14. They wept. Chapter 14, verse 2 to 4. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and the whole congregation said, if we had died in the land of Egypt or if we had died in this Please note those things. Note those things. Because the very things God did for them was the things they said unto him. They said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Moses is a bad leader. We need another one. <laughs> now come with me to Numbers chapter 40, verse 26 to 35. Ooh. We are coming out. Turn to your name and say, I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out. 
Yeah, you are coming out. Every economic circle, you are coming out. Every emotional challenge, you are coming out. Every difficulty, you are coming out. Every job challenge, you are coming out. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout, I am coming out. And the Lord spoke to Moses and saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Look at this. Who complained against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel have spoke against me. Say to them, as I leave. Somebody say, as I leave. Is God still alive? Yes. <laughs> I'm the Lord. I change it not. As I leave, says the Lord. Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will. So I will. So I will. So I will. So what is happening in your life is largely a function of your speakings into your life. It's not just an act of God. Your speaking, your negative speaking. That's what, that's what. He said, as you have spoken. Now look at it. He gave them details. He said, the carcasses of you, go to verse 29. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Except for Caleb, the son of Japhna, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said will be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know that the land which you have despised. But as for you, it shall not be your testimony. He said, as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and bear the brand of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days. For each day, you shall bear your guilt one year. Oh, thank God for Christ. <laughs> each day. <laughs> it was a very serious, you know. He said, namely, 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. <laughs> my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all these evil who are gathered against me. In this wilderness, you shall be consumed. And there, they shall die. How did it come about? Every time, the little challenge, I will you are a small girl. I am tired of this marriage. You keep confessing negative. Satan is hearing. Let me close here. Number six, they abandon God and consistent fellowship with the brethren. Abandon God and consistent fellowship. You remember Job's wife? When a giant challenge came, when everything was okay, all the shops around the world, they went to Paris, they went to Hawaii, and they were shopping nicely, nicely, nicely. The day Job had a calamity, after three days, nothing changed. Job's condition was getting worse. The wife came and looked at him and said, listen, look at you. You are still holding on to this, your God. Curse him and die. Curse God and die. Curse God and die. David's perspective only changed. 
when he went into the house of God. He had observed people for a long time and it looks like his life was not moving forward. It looks like he was living a wasted life and there was no progress. There was no meaning to his life. If you go spend time and read Psalm 73 verse 1 to 19, David felt everything was bad. The Bible says, when I went into the house of God, I understood their end. No matter what the challenge is, the house of God is not a place to run away from. If you allow the challenges of life to drive you away from church, you'll be losing a great deal. The Bible says, let us not consider one another unto love and to good works, and let us encourage one another. This is a place of encouragement. The Bible said they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. I see your strength renewed. I said, I see your strength renewed. Number seven, hopelessness. They throw their hands in the air in despair. They respond to life's challenges with hopelessness. For to him, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 9, 4, he said, to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Abraham, the Bible said, when he had no reason to hope, that is Romans 4, 18, there was, he had no reason, the New Living Translation says, he had no reason to hope. He hoped against hope. He hoped against hope. When there was no reason to hope, the Bible says, he hoped, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Listen, never give up hope. No matter what you lose, never lose your hope. In the mighty name of Jesus. Job says, for there is hope for a tree that if it be cut down, yet through the scent of water, it shall sprout again. You will sprout again. David kept on speaking the word of God. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Listen, when you are dealing with a giant situation, one of the places of your body you must learn to talk to is your soul. Somebody say, my soul. My soul. The soul is the seat of emotions. If you be depressed, it starts from your soul. Say, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Who is the health of my countenance? And then, of course, number eight. The last way people respond to giant-like situations is to commit suicide. Ahitophel had giant rejection all his life. Nobody had ever rejected him before. There are some people sometimes their relationships don't work and they think that the answer to it is, uh, if you divorce me, I will die. Die. Oh. <laughs> die. <laughs> Die. It's a manipulation term. Yeah. The man said, I want to die. Ahitophel. They told him, listen, today he gave wise counsel. When he finished, they said, we are not taking it. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one, but we are not taking it. No, there are people who can't simply stand rejection. He went and hung himself. The same thing happened to Judas. Giant sin. He felt there was no forgiveness for him carried the money, threw it on them. He said, I betrayed innocent blood. You have, you have come under conviction. Good. Condemnation is not your portion. But after conviction, he allowed himself to be condemned. By the time he realized he had committed suicide. Listen, no matter how tough things are, taking your life is not the solution. You will create more problems by taking your life. I'm not talking to somebody. The Bible says, for to him that is joined to the living, there is what? There is hope for a living dog is better than... There is, the story is told of a man who wanted to felt that life was so bad and he wanted to commit suicide. <laughs> Things were so, so bad. 
he wanted to, he found some tree and went up and wanted to hang himself. And then when he got up there, he started removing his dresses. He removed this one, threw it down, removed this one, threw it down. And it was just about uh, putting his head in the rope and he saw that somebody had come picking up all the dresses he had, he had, he had removed from his body. He said, hey, things are not that bad for me. I'm no longer dying. Not him. Hey, for my time in the tour. Listen, the Bible says, No temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. God is faithful that He will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. I want you to know that no matter how tough things are, there's still a way for you. God will make a way for you in the midst of the wilderness. You are coming out strong, you are coming out with a testimony. You will come out stronger, bigger, and better in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to speak to God. Thank him that a way is made for you. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30am to 11am for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 8pm. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.